It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, September 1st, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A Sitka grand jury indicted three people in August on charges ranging from felony assault to DUI. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. A Sitka grand jury indicted a commercial fisherman in August after he was charged with several counts of assault and misconduct involving a weapon. According to a police affidavit, 36-year-old Jeb Phillips allegedly shot a gun at another fisherman following an altercation in Pelicans Harbor on August 3rd. Around 1 a.m. that morning, Phillips was backing his fishing vessel, the Magnus Martin, out of its slip while still tied to the dock when he collided with another boat. According to statements from the victim and a witness, the owner of the boat that Phillips hit yelled at him, the two argued, and then the other boat owner began throwing dirty dishes at Phillips' boat. At that point, Phillips allegedly pulled out a rifle and shot it. No one was injured, and the victim called police later that morning. The Alaska State Troopers opened an investigation and soon issued a warrant for Phillips, who was working a commercial fishery near Cross Sound. On August 24th, Phillips was indicted on three counts of felony assault in the third degree and one count of misconduct involving weapons. Two others were indicted by a Sitka grand jury in August. 32-year-old Anthony Blake Beck Campbell was charged with felony DUI after Sitka police arrested him twice in one day for driving while intoxicated. According to court documents, Campbell was pulled over on the morning of August 5th on Lake Street and arrested for a DUI. He was released by police about an hour later and advised not to drive. Around 1 p.m., he was arrested again after an officer pulled him over on Catlian Street and observed an open beer and a bag of cannabis in his passenger seat. On August 10th, Campbell was indicted on two counts of felony DUI and for refusing a breathalyzer test. A Sitka grand jury also indicted Joseph John Finn on August 24th on one count of misconduct involving a controlled substance. Finn was arrested after a bottle of fentanyl pills was discovered at his home during a routine probation and parole check. Trial dates in all three cases are pending. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A Washington state man was sentenced to two years in federal prison this week for passing off art produced in the Philippines as authentic Alaska Native art to tourists in Ketchikan. It's the longest sentence anyone has received for violating the Federal Indian Arts and Crafts Act. Court records say 59-year-old Cristobal Magno Rodrigo must also donate $60,000 to the Clinket and Haida Central Council's vocational program and write a letter of apology to the Ketchikan Daily News. The president of Sea Alaska Heritage Institute, Rosita Worrell, says fake art is a growing problem because those who produce it don't see it as a crime. I hope that this sends a very strong and clear message that selling fake art and portraying that it's native-made is illegal. The Sea Alaska Heritage Institute sells native art from all over Alaska at its store in Juneau. A lot of our artists live in rural communities where there is no real cash economy. And today, we need cash in order to survive. And fake art, Worrell says, steals income that might have gone to Alaska Natives to help them remain in their communities and maintain their ties to their land and culture. In the case of the Rodrigo family, their scheme netted a million dollars in sales during 2019 and part of 2021. 
A number of federal agencies were involved in building the case against Rodrigo, including special agents from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, U.S. Customs and Border Protections, and the Department of Agriculture, with assistance from the Indian Arts and Crafts Board and the U.S. Attorney's Office. A church in Juneau has run the city's emergency cold-weather shelter for the last two years. This year, the church's congregation voted against running the shelter again this winter. Now, as city leaders negotiate with the church, they're considering an alternative, a city bus. KTOO's Katie Anastas reports. Last winter, Resurrection Lutheran Church was prepared to serve about 45 to 50 people at its warming shelter each night. They often served more. One night, 70 people slept at the church. Pastor Karen Perkins says they need more financial support from the city to run the warming shelter this winter. Last year, because of this huge swell in population, we couldn't keep up under the figures of the contract. Last year's contract gave the church $200,000. It was enough to pay for a part-time manager and bookkeeper in the daytime and two full-time staff members at night. But when more people sought services there than expected, they needed another staffer. There were, there were some times where it became uh, really difficult to manage, and if we didn't put a third person on, then it became unsafe. Recently, the church's congregation narrowly voted against applying to run the warming shelter this winter. Perkins says some members were concerned about the loitering, vandalism, and other property damage that happened last year. She says those things are less likely when the numbers are managed better. She'd like this year's contract to fund a third staffer a few days a week from the start and make the manager position full-time. It would bring the total to around $290,000, she says. We want to have a, a, a number that's realistic this year. Perkins is still waiting to hear whether the city will provide that much money. As city leaders continue to negotiate with the church, They're considering an alternative, a capital transit bus. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr shared the idea at a Juneau Assembly meeting last week. There are a handful of communities that, um, if worse comes to worse, will uh, use a public transit bus, uh, keep it idling overnight, uh, keep the heater on, uh, and allow people who uh, have been unable to get into another shelter around town for whatever reason uh, to uh, stay warm. The decommissioned bus would have seats for only 35 people and no beds. Barr says he thinks using a bus as a warming shelter would lead people to seek out other options. The bus option is the last-ditch option. It's not the one that we want to choose. But I think if that's what was available, that we would see more um, more people choosing to make use of, of other sheltering space that's available that would be better um, than, than this one. But other sheltering space is limited. Maria Lovashek is the executive director of the Glory Hall, Juno's emergency shelter and soup kitchen. She says the shelter's 55 beds are already full. You know, like, I don't remember, unfortunately, like the last time when we were not completely full. Glory Hall staff try to move people from the emergency shelter into other housing as soon as they can. But the Glory Hall's permanent supportive housing units are also full. They're working on adding 28 more units and building others downtown, but they won't be done by winter. And we are working really hard right now with our uh, community partners to make sure that everyone in our shelter currently who has any 
other location to go that is better, be it permanent supportive housing, uh, be it transitional housing, um, gets there before the winter comes. So we have as much space as possible open. In the meantime, Perkins hopes a revised contract will allow the church to staff the warming shelter safely. If the church reaches an agreement with the city, she plans to bring it back to the congregation for another vote. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas. The U.S. Forest Service in Wrangell completed a major renovation of a remote parking area on Zarembo Island in central southeast last summer. Now, the Forest Service is encouraging hunters and recreators to help keep the area free of derelict vehicles by participating in a new registration system. KSTK's Sage Smiley reports. It took a lot of community cooperation to refurbish the parking lot and drainage system at Roosevelt Harbor on Zarembo Island, about 15 miles southwest of Wrangell. It's really nice to be able to talk about a success. Clint Coleridge is the district ranger for Wrangell. The cleanup project involved moving dozens of vehicles used for hunting and other recreation from the site to a temporary parking area. Contractors removed and disposed of around 15 other vehicles during the process of rebuilding the site. Nothing got removed that was not wanted to be removed. So that was huge to communicate with an entire community and and have a really, really positive outcome. The project cost about a quarter million dollars, and Coleridge says the Forest Service wants to make sure the site stays usable and doesn't start collecting old rigs again. So moving forward, we obviously don't want to recreate that situation. Um, and so what we've been doing with um, voluntary community participation has been tracking vehicles with a a sticker. And um, folks for the last two years have been really good about coming into the office, getting a sticker, and doing kind of like this informal registration so that we know who's who in the zoo, so to speak, out there. Coleridge says the Forest Service understands the new sticker system will take some getting used to. There haven't been issues with vehicle registration so far, but he says that the agency may start issuing citations to people without registrations in the future. We don't want to punish people because we want them to park there. We want to use it, but we also don't want it to turn into a junkyard again. For now, though, Coleridge says he's not too worried. And I really don't think it's going to become a problem because since we've started with the stickers, everyone is taking care of things themselves, right? So it's not really a Forest Service quote-unquote problem. It's a community effort. Coleridge says the Forest Service will change the colors of the registration stickers in May each year. Vehicle owners will need to stop by the office in Wrangell to get a new sticker. Everything's totally free. We're not making any money off of it. We're not charging anyone anything. It's just a way that we can help track the ownership and accountability. Deer season on Zarembo started at the beginning of August and runs through the end of November. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.